Welcome to the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we talk about scripture, theology, and anything relating to God in a loving conversation. And where we try to get to the heart of the matter. Welcome to the next edition of Heart of the Matter Radio. I'm your host, Josh Hellman, and we are excited today as, again, we are studying about being the sons of God in our series, Identity on Christ. Um, We just started it the last episode. We've been off for a week because I've been sick. Uh, So um, getting better, and you can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. But uh, really excited that we're going to talk about this topic. Um, Hopefully we get through the rest of it today, but we want to make sure that you guys are equipped with scriptures like we said last time. Um, But just really quick, again, we we appreciate you listening. Those who are, hit the like button, share button, let uh, other people know that we're out there. And, um, you know, we just hope this, again, has been a blessing to you guys that you're learning lots of things. Um, But... Let's get into it here. With me today is Mark Baumgartner. Hey guys. How's it going? Yeah, very good. Happy to be with you. Yep. And John Vandaloo. What's what? up? <laughs> How's it going? Switch it's it going up. pretty good. And Kiefer Strassman in the house. How's it going, everyone? So we got the four horsemen here today. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know who's, yeah, who's pestilence. <laughs> Anyways, you're the uh, sick one. So yeah, I guess I'm pestilence. So <laughs> Mark, you know, you're one of four right now. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> so you're famine. <laughs> so, Could you eat a horse? Uh, oh, Mark, it's coming to you. <laughs> um, anyways. So yeah. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Excellent. Well, I mean, we spent most of the day together, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. three of us had prayer group this morning, which is always wholesome. Um, got on some wild topics and yeah, some revelation, get some revelation. Yeah. Right yeah. out of Genesis three, right out of the beginning. And Mark could just feel it in his spirit that he needed to join us and mm-hmm. hear some of it. So Here we are. Yeah. We're pretty much formulating a whole podcast episode, probably around that conversation. Right. A couple of them, I think. Yeah. Like we I had so. a we'll couple series, different things. Let's do a series on yeah. some of that. I think I'm more excited about the one that we were talking about than the other, because it's more of like, I don't know. I know a lot of people like to talk about those things, and I think it is it it is important to kind of put the discussions out there. That's what this podcast is for. But thinking about, yeah, yeah, (laughs) modalism versus trinitarianism. But uh, you know, I, I I think I like going past kind of the the divisional topics and talking about like revelation things that yeah. God gives us, like the Genesis serpent imagery that we were kind of talking I th- about. I think it's just like important to talk about, like digress some of that stuff or not digress, but you know what I mean? Just talk about, dig through some of that stuff, wade through it because in the world of the internet, there's just so many topics being tossed around so many different belief systems, new denominations, entirely new yeah. ways of thinking and thought around the Bible. And, uh, you know, with the study tools that we have nowadays, it's just, a, it's amazing what you can like discover and find. And yep. unfortunately it creates more division, more tribalism and more dissent, more, um, distraction. And, and I just like, we talk about that the whole conversation about modalism versus Trinitarianism, uh, traditional Trinitarianism, you know, and, um, just how people are so quick to yell out heresy when, it's like we all serve Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as Lord, you know. So it's just like I don't know. 
I think that's what's cool about this podcast and like what our aim is, you know, at the end of the day is to get to the heart of the matter. Like what yeah. is, what is God's heart? What is the Bible saying here? What is Paul like reassuring us to be like, and just like what the Bible teaches and <clears throat> what is the most important thing, you know? Yeah. Well, and th- that's the thing too, is like so many people claim, claim heresy and they don't even know themselves what they're even talking about. They haven't even thought about the doctrines that they believe in and stuff. And so we're not going to, talk about it tonight you'll just have to listen until we eventually get to those episodes um but we're just, we're know, going through, we're going through meat and potatoes right now yeah yeah I, I think um you know it was a fruitful conversation because it basically came back to that, that we need to express more grace i know we've talked about this yeah. on the podcast before mm-hmm. but we need to have grace with people you know yeah. um we like to, like you said, we, we live in this age of information. It's not like there hasn't been information before, but it just seems like we want to lord that over people. We want to use it as a bludgeon. We need to be you know. slow to speak and quick to hear. Yeah. And the church is not good at that, especially online. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no. I mean, yeah, we listen hours and hours of podcasts and YouTube videos, but I mean, there's, you know, you're on TikTok, you're on some of these social media ads. People are so quick to give their opinions, so quick mm-hmm. to call out heresy. You know, you, you get like this 44 second clip of this false teacher who's a heretic because someone cut up a video and gave you a false clip yeah. so that they could get followers and comments and, and shares. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. So we need to be have we need to be slow to speak, quick to hear and and have conversations because we need to get to the heart of the matter. Right. <laughs> well, Shameless and, plug. And what's the scripture say, right? It says be ready to give a defense, not be quick to give a defense. Yeah, be ready. And and a lot of times it's it's a defense. It's not an attack. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like a lot of times we think we're giving like a defense, that. but we're going on a forward attack to somebody who wasn't even really attacking us because to be on defense, you have to be attacked. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, God can defend himself. I don't think he's really, you know, backing away from any fight. And I think sometimes we just get hurt because it's a challenge to our thinking and our thought process, just like anything as politics. Now, people don't want to talk about that because you say, you know, lit up terms like abortion and stuff, and it just brings all these emotions out. You say these things like, you know, different things. But again, it comes back to that. Well, can't we have grace? You know, and we talked about this. That's kind of the point where we got to was the reason like a lot of these topics are touchy is like, it's like. Well, even if someone is wrong on something, like I'm supposed to have grace with that person. Like I'm not a hundred percent right on everything I believe in, but I'll tell you the thing that I do believe in is that Jesus saved me, that he's my God, that he created me and that I've fallen away and that I need to believe in him to get to heaven and that he's the only way, the truth and the life that I can get to heaven. And that if I don't believe in him or the works he did with the knowledge that I'm given, before I die, I'm going to hell or whatever that is, eternal separation from God. And I don't want that. That's what I believe in. And that's what I'm aiming to get enlighten other people with, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that like another problem too, with the internet is just like, for one, Christ never said you have to be a biblical scholar to follow me, Mm -hmm. you know? And in today's day and age, it's so easy to have a platform where so many other Christians can hear you speak. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're not, someone who might not be gifted as a pastor or teacher is teaching 
And that's not, a, that doesn't, I'm not coming against anyone, you know, mm-hmm. who's taught or like who shares, we all share stuff too. It's either us or, or we're hitting share buttons, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook, you know, from other teachers and yeah. there's always going to be some disagreement, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know, there's some teachers out there too that are sharing false info or they're, they're preaching for the wrong motives. They're preaching to get rich, you know, but the message might still be true, mm-hmm. you know, and Paul, what did Paul say? Let them do that. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, what is it? Philippians, is it Philippians one? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think it's that, just like, I think it was more of like a, if, if their intent is to preach my name, you know, cause I we think, were talking about that too, a little bit. They, that happens in Mark, you know, in, in the gospels, they come in and say, Hey, this guy is preaching in your name, but he's not one of us. And he says, if he preaches in my name and he does a miracle, don't stop him. That's like, a little bit different context though. Cause yeah. they're like, Paul was saying that like, there's people that are going to preach for good intentions for the correct intentions, but then there's going to be people who preach for the wrong intentions. But if the message is correct, just let them be. Mm. I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. a little bit there, but that's what Paul was essentially saying. And, and if you guys want to, I'll just give another plug here. Isaiah Saldivar, he had a, with a, a Vladimir Savchuk and the Demon Slayer crew. They did a, they did a, um, they did a video on YouTube about false prophets, false teachers, and just like coming against that, that heresy critic kind of like mindset that's come across, come into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no, that, that there's a fivefold ministry, not a sixfold ministry of heresy hunting. Yeah. And unfortunately in the today's day and age, that's something that people will do to build channels out. And yeah. the objective believer talks about that yeah. too. He's yep. another guy that I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you probably listened to something he said as well. And I really like the objective. Believer. Yeah. So his whole thing is it's not that he agrees with some of the people he defends, but he tries to put things in the best light as possible. When we always try to put things in the most negative, we always look for that dissension first because it's so easy. He goes to see. back to like the word. Yeah. In a really simplistic way, mm-hmm. which I love. It just said, uh, here's an objective. This is what this person is saying. And they're, they're kind of tossing stones mm-hmm. and he's just like, no, 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 let's take, put the, let's all put the stones down. This is what the Bible says. And this person's interpreting it this way. And yeah. that's, one way to interpret it yeah. <laughs> you know it's like well, there's nothing wrong with that you even know? comes out and he <laughs> says like listen i don't agree with a lot of what these people say he's like but let's take some of these criticisms that we're just throwing out there and let's you know, like you said let's look at them biblically in scripture see where the scriptures they're using what the concept is they're talking about and let's see if that's true or not he's like whether you agree with their ministry what their overall preaching is and stuff that's one thing but let's see these these individual claims we make because we just like to heap coals on people instead of see like does this actually add up together? So yeah, that that was kind of like our 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 conversation. We're out here. Ended. You're out here suing each other. Do you not know you're going to judge angels? Yeah, I mean mm. just the dissension, the stuff. I mean it's what's happening right away. Yeah. dissension yep. in the church and, and just like the disunity, the, the, you know, the brokenness in the church and just, you know, the enemy getting get active in the church and, you know, our sinful flesh. And well, was it probably a bit of a power grab <clears throat> after the Pharisees too? Oh yeah. Like after well, Paul were, was competing with super apostles yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in the Corinthian church, quote unquote, super apostles, right. you know, mm-hmm. flashy guys who were all dressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was also, it was like, they're trying to still escape that legalism, mm-hmm. but you know, at the, it's, it's both. I mean, you're like, you have people coming in and, and going, I don't know, more away from the actual, I don't know. It's, it's more 
for profit. Like that's been a problem forever. And so it's just, it's kind of interesting to see that well, right away when it started. I think of like, if you watch the chosen, the season finale for season two, they, I, I don't want this to be a spoiler for some people, but I guess like, I don't know. We don't have like 15,000 people listening right now, so that's okay. But like the season <laughs> finale of The Chosen, you know. <laughs> it's also been out for what, like half a year at yeah, least? Yeah, yeah. But like the way they got Judas, like inter- the way Judas was introduced was such an interesting. Wait, you haven't finished. Yeah, you haven't finished season two yet of oh. The Chosen. But um, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. yeah, you're in the book. Well, this is kind of an added detail, though, for The Chosen. But like he's like he's kind of like ripping off this guy in like this real estate deal. Mm-hmm. And then he's like attracted to Christ's really big crowd that he's drawing uh, as, he an was, opportunity. as an opportunity to kind of swindle some people and make money on a free ride kind of thing. Okay. And I mean, Judas was the guy who handled the money in the Bible mm-hmm. and he was stealing from it. So that is a biblical idea. You know, that is a biblical truth. Not too far of a stretch. Yeah. It's just their artistic rendition of like, how they introduced yeah him, like yeah. if he was a real person in the real world yeah what would be like a real life motive mm-hmm. and like an introduction to him just like mm-hmm. them putting like matthew mm-hmm. on the spectrum you know like they thought how can we introduce something like that you know would that be who one of the disciples are i mean there's mm-hmm. people on the spectrum yeah. back then too you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it, it's just that stuff's interesting and i think you know, a point that you just made there is, is something. I think it was a, a quote I read by either C.S. Lewis. I think it was C.S. Lewis or something, or or maybe it was um, Spurgeon. But it was talking about the idea was basically that we we just keep our eyes on on such lowly things, and if we mm. if we would allow ourselves the greater things, like oh yeah, I was talking about like immeasurable love. It's not that our it's it's not that God finds our passions too strong. He finds them actually too weak that we crave the basic things like sex and money when we could have immeasurable love and mm-hmm. we settle for just lustful pleasures. That bowl of soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Esau Instead was Instead of the blessing. Yep. yep. So th- it, that's kind of... You know, I think what you're you're getting at there is just that, you know, why why do we have our mindset on the petty division, which, yes, doctrine can be important. Like it is important. Yeah, it's important in in like living a life for God is important. But God even tells us that. How do I obey the commands by loving your neighbor? Mm hmm. Like by loving me first and foremost and loving a neighbor as you would love yourself. Yeah, And we have to like approach with gentleness too. Mm-hmm. you know, like <clears throat> when you say when, when God says to love your neighbor as yourself, like, do you sarcastically reply to your, like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, are you mm-hmm. condescending with yourself? Are you sarcastic All with yourself? Time. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that's not a good trait to have. I mean, you're not loving yourself as well as you need to be, you know, but, Oh, I definitely don't love myself. That's you know, a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, you know, self-love is like we, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not an anti-God Self-love thing. not in the context of the cultural self-love. Yeah, yeah. But actual, like. How God loves me. Yeah, because I taking love care of yourself, like a lot of the self-love that we hear of. I Disciplining think my, myself. Yep. T- eating good, f- eating well, exercising. I mean, like discipline mm-hmm. is because loving myself well. The world, <clears throat> what they're talking about is self-indulgence. Filling my mind with, f- filling my mind with the things of God and not the things of this world. Yep. Self-love. 
biblical self-love. Yeah. I mean, so like self-love is like, if you love yourself well, you're going to fill it with things of the Lord. Yeah. Because that's the truth. That's what we need to reflect on. That's our bread. Mm -hmm. Man doesn't live on bread alone. He lives on it from every word from God. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like a self-truth versus a self-love. You know, like you're, 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 but I think it's interesting because he says, you know, like love your neighbor as yourself. So, I mean, it's like, that's. Yeah. But how many people do that? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, how many people love their neighbors as themselves? As themselves. I know yeah. that's a huge command, right? That's crazy. People, we've all fail at that mm-hmm. all the time. But did you notice yeah. how he didn't have to give us a command to actually love ourselves? Because that, that insinuates that we're already loving ourselves. That we know how to love ourselves. It's kind of but two, that two commandments in one. We're supposed to be putting others in front of us. Love others as you love yourself. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. God knows that the heart's deceitful and yeah. will always try to do what's best for you. Yeah. Whether you have I some, like that. Ooh, that's yeah. good. Whether you have some misconception about what love is, like you still are going to do things that are going to benefit you in whatever way you understand love to be. It's so like, like, I, like if I'm cold, I need to be warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm hungry. I need to be yeah. fed. Like these are natural basic instincts. things, natural instincts. We all know this. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was, I need shelter. I need food. I need warmth. Like base. I need water. I need something mm-hmm. to drink. You know, it's like, if, if you do you love your neighbor, do you, do we love the people who do not have drinkable water right now? Like this mm-hmm. is something Christians need to be Dang. focused on thinking about. Yeah. 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 And like a as a of, movement, as a body. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times we do, unfortunately, we get into the I, I know people need to work and stuff. And I've been I've been guilty of this, especially younger, that old people don't have a house and stuff because they're lazy. People don't have water because they're lazy. And where that is true, and I think that's why Jesus said the poor is always going to be with you, because there's always going to be people who they don't care. They just want to find the easiest way out. Even though their life is harder, they, they don't care to put in any effort. But mm-hmm. there's also a big faction of people that they literally, they have demonic oppression on their life. Yeah. Like they have curses upon their life. They have, they themselves haven't done anything to earn that. I mean, we think about hurricane victims and stuff. We think about you know, look at the Midwest, how the Midwest usually reacts when there's tornadoes that tear up a city and stuff. They all come from all the surrounding counties and help each other. They mm-hmm. build each other up and then they, they go about their life. They get back together. So it's like, yeah, there, there's some truth to that, but we, why do we always go there first? Why do we always expect the worst out of people first? Well, yeah, our hearts are deceitful, but God says lavish love on them, right? He says, that's what we're supposed to do. Show love. And what is love? Forgiving your neighbor. How many times? Seven times 77. Give them grace. Give them mercy. I've given you these things. So why is it the first thing we do is try to bring condemnation? There's now no, therefore no condemnation in those who are part of Christ. Mm. And I'm supposed to bring that to the people who are struggling. And again, this is not a condoning of bad behavior, but Jesus doesn't say condone bad behavior. He says, you got to put up with it though. Like you have to overcome it with the love that I have given you. Yeah. Like, I mean, did he go, I mean, look at Jesus's life himself. He put up with that and he overcame it with the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, he wasn't like, Oh, you're going to kill me. You're, I hate you. You know, he was like, no, forgive them father for they do not know what they do. Yeah. 
He like, was the. That's a hard charge. Talking about this, talking about was it like tr- trying to like segue this into a, you know our topic. I feel like we just been like prophetically move, like moving this whole time, um, but just like Christ being that perfect example of what a son of God looks like and how we're supposed to replicate. So you know we're we're in the series right now or the second part to uh, identity in Christ, sons of yeah. God, being sons of God, and. Uh, <clears throat> well, we're heirs of of Christ, right? That's yep. that's kind of what our our focus is going to be on today. That means we inherit like what God has what? given his, his Christ, but Christ has passed that down to us. Like, and He is God, but He's passed that down to us. We are sons of God. We get to inherit the King's treasure trove it is no longer i live but christ in me i mean that that's become one of my favorite verses i mean that's a great verse but i mean um i just been quoting that lately so much especially with catholics (laughs) um (laughs) but it's just like you know what i mean it's like that understanding of like we need to understand our identity who is it now that i'm Mm -hmm. dead who is this new creation Mm -hmm. who is this new creation it's christ Mm -hmm. it's no longer me Mm -hmm. that's what paul said Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what does it mean to be Christ? Yeah. What does it look like? You know, we have, we have scripture. So we're going to go through some of that and, and talk about that. <clears throat> and it's exciting. Yeah. We're going to start off with uh, a verse in Galatians here. Kiefer's going to read it and uh, he's got a little bit of context behind it. And I think that's a uh, Galatians four chapter four, verse seven is the verse we're going to stick with, but he's got some background to that. Yeah. I'm actually just going to start with Galatians four. Uh, What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had finally come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his sons into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has also made you an heir. If like, if, man, I, I instantly... That's like a God mic drop right there. Yeah, like, yeah, that's intense. That's in. That's a lot. That's a lot there. Mm-hmm. People, are we are we listening to what's being read here? Like this is this is the like when we look at scripture. Do you believe what's being said? Mm-hmm. That's what we need to understand when we read when we read scripture. We need to not lean on our own understanding, but trust what the words are actually saying. What are the words saying here? Mm. <clears throat> Man, to to sit there and think that, like, I was a slave and I was already appointed to gain the inheritance that my father has for me once <laughs> once the son came. Like, it, it's so crazy because that's, that's the picture of the gospel, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, we're talking about how literally God has created us to be sons of God. He's predestined us for that. And here again, that's what Paul is saying is that 
You literally are predestined to receive this inheritance. You are appointed to it. If Mm -hmm. you so choose to believe in my son and follow after him, that is when you are no longer a slave, but you become an heir of the inheritance that God has for you. Mm -hmm. And I know that you had said in the chapter before this, it's led in to say like you're an heir of the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you're going to be a blessed people because of that. That's still going on. That covenant is still being fulfilled. It's like sometimes as Christians, we think like the old Testament doesn't matter anymore, but it's like, no, no, that's, that's further from the truth. It matters more than it ever did. Study to Mm -hmm. show yourselves approved brothers. Well, what scripture was he talking about then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. New Testament didn't exist yet. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you have uh, that scripture in chapter three that talks about that says you are the heirs of. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's actually the last verse three twenty nine. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Um, But the two verses before that, it's it's you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Which I think is really cool. It's like say that again. You are all sons of God through faith in well Christ Jesus. I mix those yeah, up. Yeah. But for all for all of you who are baptized into Christ, have closed your clothed yourself with Christ. So it goes back to the blood. And mm-hmm. and it's just I mean that's clothed yourself yeah, with Christ. Christ. Crazy yeah. image. Well and it's it prodigal son it goes back to <laughs> like like literally coming showing up as the true heir and the father closed mm-hmm. his son yeah and and it's you know it's it's very interesting like i mean that, I mean, whole, that whole section and then after it like when paul goes back into talking more about galatians and like the church and what they're dealing with uh formerly when you did not know god you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods demons demons yeah. And so different translations say like the elemental principles right. and mm-hmm. like, um, pay, it would have been like paganism mm-hmm. stuff like, right. Or not, no, not pagans. Yeah. It would have been paganism, yeah. right? It could, yeah. It Late, could have been a Is that Galatians, right? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, but yeah, de- I mean, yeah, they offered food, you know, you know, food mm-hmm. idols, which were demonic spirits and yeah. And, <clears throat> and just to kind of give context to the being heirs of the Abrahamic covenant again in Genesis chapter 12 verses two through three, it says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham is like at the end of his life when he's getting this. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely a future blessing. Not only in that moment is he blessing Abraham, but from here on out, that's actually believed to be a nationalistic blessing for the United States, too, because we've supported Israel. So on, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, we always take on the blessings we think that, you know, are given to, to his people and stuff, um, which uh, but that, that's again, right. All peoples on earth will be blessed you. That's not just for America. It's not just for Israel. It's all peoples on earth. So that's crazy that even through, and that, that's the, the, the story of redemption, right? Through the lineage of Abraham, Jesus will come and bless all nations. It is no longer just a blessing for the Israelites, for the Hebrews, for the Jews, but it is a blessing for all the tribes of Judah and 
all the non-tribes mm. to come into the presence of God. Yeah, I'll bless those mm. who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. So the error, you don't we be become heirs to that. Like mm. literally mm. think about that. Like he's going to make us into a great nation. We think about that in earthly terms, but I think about that now in the kingdom sense. He's going to make us into a great well, that's nation. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he made it. Well, ew. I mean, yeah. When has Israel been this great nation? Mm. Hasn't that? I mean, under Solomon. Huh? Under Solomon. I think Solomon. That's, yeah, for but a still, short period of time. I'm saying, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is like a prophetic. Yeah. Like, Israel yeah. is the chosen nation of God, and it's mm-hmm. been oppressed yeah. because, you know, the. The, the dragon's been trying to swallow the child. This they've whole never time. been a great nation in the sense that they've never been like a dominating yeah. uh, culture. And they talk about that. I think, and that that was never how they're Israel a great was nation because intended to our be. Messiah came from them, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and he's going to redeem them. And it's going to be the dwelling place of, you know, Jerusalem is the yeah. holy city. And, and but they still sit, but. Yet haven't gotten all the land territory that they were promised. So we mm-hmm. know that that's still yet to come. But yeah, here, because obviously he's not telling Abraham that he's going to turn him into a piece of dirt. He's not saying, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Like he's <laughs> saying that the people that come from him are going to be a great nation. He's going to make his name a blessing to those around him, you know, Father Abraham. Like that's why he's such a, a big patriarch of the faith, um, you know, to the, to the Jews still to this day, but he is mm-hmm. a patriarch to us as well. Yeah, he's, like We're he, blessed because of this covenant that he had with him. Just like we're blessed with the covenant he made with Moses, just like he's blessed with the covenants he made with Adam. Like these are our fathers of our faith too. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just for the Jews guys. He is for us. We get to be a part of this family, mm-hmm. this messed up, awesome family. Like <laughs> we get to be a part of this. So, yeah. Yeah, God expounds on it a little bit further. Genesis 13, 14 through 17. Look around from where you are to the north and the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust. We were talking about that earlier, the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land where I am giving it to you. And what is the end of that? Like, what's the end of the land? The southern tip of Africa? I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. You know? But. It's so cool. I mean, I just like, it's just so, it's just exciting. I mean, just Pastor Kim's last couple sermons yeah, too. For those it, of you who listen to this podcast that are from Harvest Time, just the, the covenant that God made with Abraham. It's just, it's profound. Yeah. It really is just profound who our God is. Like him cutting the animal in half. I'll just say it, you know, just him cutting the animal in half, which was like the way that they did treaties and made covenants back then. Yeah. To cut the animal in half and like both parties would walk through the, the cut animal and walk through the blood and trample the blood under their feet. Mm-hmm. And then they would exchange tablets yeah. and take those tablets back to each of their gods. Like, you know, the pagans would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, God told Abraham to go get the, was it, was it a lamb? Was it a lamb? A three-year-old sheep or yeah. goat. I can't remember. Maybe, Either way, he goat. split it. Either way, he takes an animal, he cuts it in half. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then but then God puts Abraham into a deep sleep. Yeah. And he himself walks through the cut. 
Mm-hmm. He, he walks through the blood mm-hmm. and, and Abraham and that, doesn't have to, Abraham doesn't walk through it. Mm-hmm. And it's just this interest. It's just this, it's just that perfect picture of God. It's like, I mm-hmm. will uphold my end of the, the covenant with myself, with myself. <laughs> yeah. And if I ever go against this, which the significance of cutting the animal in that time period was, if you cut the, like, if you went against that treaty, if you went against that covenant, you would be, you would be ripped apart or destroyed. Mm-hmm. So God is like saying, for one, like, I can't be ripped apart or destroyed, but I never would be. Yeah. And if I ever would go against my word, which God can't, God yeah. doesn't, that's God's character. He will never mm-hmm. go against his word, his covenant, his promise. Mm-hmm. He cannot break a promise. Yeah, it takes away it takes about. away who he is it's his divinity it's like it's it's what he holds against satan mm-hmm. like say i think satan thinks he could win if he could get god to go against what he has said yeah like i know people think like no like well satan is knows he's defeated like does he though like i, mm-hmm. I feel like he's so he's filled with so much hubris and so much hatred that maybe he thinks that he could still win he knows mm-hmm. he has been defeated but he's still trying yeah he's still it's trying not, it's not like it's almost like if uh, maybe someone who doesn't know that they shouldn't be in a sport and they just keep losing. That's a conversation mm-hmm. for another another yeah. day, though, I think. Yeah. yeah, just like the Bears, like they should quit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Packers get two you bye weeks it. this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, but yeah, that's that's the thing about that picture is is typically when you see covenants, right? It's if you follow my covenant or if you follow my word, you're going to be blessed. If you don't, you're going to be cursed. So mm-hmm. if God is taking on this covenant himself, what it, you, you, like you said, what he's saying is like, you know, if I don't follow my own covenant, I'm going to be cursed. But obviously he's God. He's but not going to go against it. So he's he's going to be blessed and, and we're going to be blessed yeah, because of that. I just think it's so crazy because like he doesn't make Abraham walk through it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like. You know, I know we've had conversations about like the once saved, always saved conversation and just like, you know, people fearing losing their salvation, losing. It's like, come on, we, we need to know who our God is like we can have debates about. Yeah, if you're not if you're not living in a, a sanctified life and you're like willfully sinning, like if you go read Hebrews, like there's some tough stuff in there, you know, but. You know, it says, you know, to those who endure to the end will be saved. Like, how do you know if they're in the faith? The ones who, you know, stay with us until the end. It's like, that's how you know you're saved, Mm. producing fruit. But here's the thing. God himself paved the way. God himself did all the work. Mm. And we just need to be abiding in him. Where does the fruit come from? It comes from him. It comes comes from from the spirit. spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, how how do we get the fruit? through because him yeah he gives it to us yeah mm-hmm. We're, who do we pray to get fruit from him that's how we get it like that's the crazy thing right because what we'll sit here and do is reverse the theology as we'll say well i'm impatient so i'm i don't have the fruit of patience so i'm not of god so i can't be saved i must be willfully sinning but it's like isn't there a process of sanctification going on mm-hmm. like you were impatient you now are no longer patient. So some people say don't try and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like that's the problem is you need to give over to God, which is true. Mm. At the same time, work out your faith with fear and trembling. So the work, though, is getting closer to God. The yeah. work is getting into that secret place. It's, and trust, this is the it's trusting him. It's trusting his word. It's yep. trusting mm-hmm. what he did. Yep. It's, it's, it's like 
if you continually do that, you'll hear his voice. You'll, you'll hear the, sh- the shepherd's voice. Cause you know, the shepherd, like we have to mm. know who the shepherd is, mm. but I, I just, I, I just really think it's so profound to really go back to that story though. And just being like, he didn't make Abraham walk through the covenant. So like Abraham is not held accountable for failing mm-hmm. or breaking the covenant. Like Abraham, you can't break this covenant. Mm-hmm. I made it with you. Mm-hmm. Because salvation I walked through, I walked through the animal. Works. You won't mm-hmm. because salvation doesn't come through our work. No comes through faith. faith Abraham had faith. And, and oh, man, it's crazy too. Cause Abraham, like, you know, he immediately goes like a couple, what is the next chapter? Two chapters later, he's already sleeping with that other outside of his, of, Ish- outside of his marriage covenant. Ishmael or whatever. Yeah. And he has, he has Ishmael um, and, oh man, uh, Ray, not Rahab. Um, Haggai. Yeah. Is it Haggai? No, that, that's the prophet Haggai. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Hamar. Hamar. Is it Hamar? Oh man, we have to look this up. I'm pretty, pretty sure. We should know this. Pretty sure. Yeah, this is Sarah and I think, I think it's, or Tamar. Is it Tamar or Hamar? Yeah. It's, man, sound like a dumb we have, dumb. We have our own Christian podcast, but that's, that's the whole point of this podcast. Anyway. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible, man. I just said we were going to mess up at the beginning of this episode. Pastor Kim just preached on this, but he wasn't talking about the wife. He was just talking about the story before that and just talking about the covenant. So I haven't been, I haven't refreshed in this in a while. Yeah. Well, we'll I have a bad memory. I'll just put, I'll just say that. I know I we're having our uh, scribes look it up right now. Yeah, do we uh, want to go through another verse? That's kind <laughs> yeah. of off subject anyway. Hagar, it is. Hagar. Hagar. Yeah. I said Hagar, yeah. I was close. Slave. Hagar. Hagar. It, it was a combination of yeah. Haggai and Hamar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were so close. <laughs> That's why we need each other. We're the body. You come up with the first part of the name. I come the... But yeah, no, it, it, this 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 thing of air, you know, airness and stuff like you know, we, we it, there's a reason why God uses the imagery of kingdoms. Now, those were more prevalent back in the day, so He's trying to relate it to to the people. But He is the King that sits th- upon the throne, and the prince, the prince would be the one who would receive the inheritance and take over the king's throne. Now, we're not going to replace God, but we get to be a part of God and his family. And he bestows the blessing of that promise, that inheritance among us. I mean, it literally says we'll get to rule and reign with him. Yeah. So, I mean, just like, see, this is where this is where I come against, like, and I don't want to go down a deep rabbit hole here by any means, because we got to get to we got to get to some other verses. But just like why I come against topics of like purgatory and praying to Mary and like these, these, these other things. I don't want to come against any Catholics that are listening. I'm just like, <clears throat> he's had a lot of uh, Catholics respond to him on yeah, TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's just, but I, I, it's like someone, someone said like, yeah, purgatory is actually a really strong new Testament like doctrine. And I'm just like, oh. I, my only comment was just know your identity in Christ. Because once you start looking into this stuff, it's like God would not put Holy spirit into a purgatory. God would not mm. put his heir into a purgatory. And it's like, he would not put his son into purgatory. He would not put us off into some holding place divided from him. We are united with him. We are, mm-hmm. it's no longer us. It's Christ. Like we have to know our identity. Yeah. And this is so important. And this is the theme of the new Testament. This is the theme of being a Christian. And this is like, we need to know this as believers because this is what will change us from just being that person who sits in a pew and warms a seat for an hour and a half a week and doesn't do anything. We, we are royal priests. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like, yeah. we, we are a chosen nation, a royal priest, and we need to we need to know the power and authority that is moving in us and through us. Mm-hmm. We so, get to walk into the Holy of Holies because he's come with us, not because we are righteous to go into the Holy of Holies because the righteousness of the Holy Holies came out of the he's Holy clothed of Holies us in righteousness. Yeah. It comes from Christ. Yeah. He ripped that veil so that we could be one with him. So again, that goes back to the whole thing. I know. Again, we're not trying to like. I can bold, dis- okay, we're know, not trying to destroy Catholicism. No, but that's but the I, whole point I, this, of like. I, you know, this is just teaching the word. It's yeah. just teaching the word. That's all it is. You. It's like don't trust my words. Trust God. the word. Yep. That don't trust my word. Trust God's word. And, and and you talk about the veil being broken. It's like we have scripture that says we can boldly approach God's throne. Mm-hmm. I can boldly come before God's throne. So what, how is purgatory? How is purgatory a biblical concept? If I can boldly approach God's throne, mm-hmm. that's yeah, what I, I want to know. I think they get yeah. it from the scripture where it talks about God goes into hell. Well, to well there's get like the second Maccabees. Yeah. Yeah. In the Apocrypha. So but I'm just saying though, regardless of that, if I can boldly go before God's throne now, mm-hmm. I'm not even, I'm not like, I am still in the flesh and I can boldly go before God to be absent, to be outside the body is to be present with my God. We're not saying that you can't read some of those Apocrypha and glean things from them because we've read the book of Enoch for context and Hebrew stuff like there, there's important, I think, things in there to learn from. There's historical is, things in which there. Which is something that I would have called myself a heretic for even saying that I would have read those like a couple years ago. But from understanding Jewish culture and, 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 and gleaning things from their like what they believed and why Jesus said certain things and stuff like it, it, they're, I think they're important reads, but they're not canonical. Like, you know, at least Protestant wise, they're not we don't consider them to be enough evidence that they're the authentic rendition of those right I'm gearing up to do a TikTok video on on uh why the canon is perfect. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying if if we found another letter of Paul and we were able to authenticate it, you know, well, we it's the that it's that graph. We've we've broken down every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible and how it tran it, it, how it um coincides with storytelling within the Bible. And it's like the other books don't do that same thing. They aren't, they aren't, they aren't self-referential and back referencing. Mm. So like the Bible is perfectly referenced. Like it'll, it references itself all the way through. Have you seen that graph? I'm pretty sure I showed you I that think, graph. You can find yeah. it. I can't um, remember if it was you or Mark that showed me like the rainbow of all the connections. Yeah, it's the connections. Colors. The yeah. book is actually, the Bible is like its own. It's like a Wikipedia. It's yeah. like a Wikipedia, you know, or like mm-hmm. how it's like hyperlinked. It's mm-hmm. the Bible is the only hyperlinked book like ever in existence. Mm-hmm. The way it hyperlinks with one another. Mm-hmm. So like Enoch doesn't hyperlink with others. Like that's why we in have the a same concordance. Way. That's Mac- why we can create concordances. Yeah, Maccabees doesn't have like. I, well, I don't know. It's it's not in the graph. Like, but these so this graph perfectly hyperlinks within mm-hmm. itself. Now, when you look at that, see, see, I don't believe that man made the canon. Mm-hmm. God made the canon. Mm-hmm. God made sure that that canon was made. He, he, he decides all things. Yeah. Um, he brings together the miracle that is the, the canon of the word of God. Now, 
do biblical authors quote from Enoch? Yeah. Is, is there, is there historical context in Maccabees? Yeah, absolutely. But was the writer 100% sound in the doctrine of what he should have been? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I read, I read for like five minutes and I already saw an error, you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. so. Well, I, and I think even one of the book of Maccabees, it was literally just a historical account of like the revolt of Maccabees. So in the intertestamental yeah. period, so it's it's not even necessarily supposed to be taken as scripture. It's not. It's, it's supposed to be a historical account. Yeah. yeah. So that's like the difference: the God inspired word, and then um, you know, just like references that were very important text in Jewish culture, and that's the difference. You know, again, I think what it comes down to is that all the books in the Bible that are included in the um, I, again, I don't want to make this a Protestant versus Catholic thing, but in the Protestant Bible, they're literally, you can prove that they have other references. They have other scriptures or other writings in different parts that like validate each other from the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Masoretic texts and all that stuff, the Qumran scrolls, uh, scrolls, they can, they connect to each other. They, they prove, whereas like with en- Enoch, I think we only have like one, full version of it in like the Ethiopian scrolls or something like that. Heiser talks about this a little bit more. Um, Obviously he knows way more than I do on it, but where those ones, we only have like really one version or two versions of it, but they're not complete or something. And so we can't really verify if it's the original one or if it's one that was added to or taken away from. Um, But there's definitely obviously some truth to it. If Jesus references it in Jude, So it's like, you know, that's the hard thing is like, you know, hopefully we will find some scrolls, you know, another treasure trove like the Library of Alexandria. And they're going to have a ton of a ton of that stuff, you know, if it wasn't destroyed. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I we spent the first 20 minutes of this podcast just talking about how uh, um, this episode of the podcast, you know, just talking about having, you know, not creating more division. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, like, listen, anyone who's listening, I don't care what denomination you're from. Mm -hmm. Like we love you. We care about you. We, and we're, we're here to just get to the heart of the matter of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not condemning you. There's no more condemnation. If you're in Christ, there's no more condemnation, but we have to, we have to, I don't care if, if there's something in the word of God though, that I don't agree with. I have to, I have, I have to change. There's something wrong with me Mm. and I have to do this daily. I have to do this weekly, monthly, yearly. It doesn't matter what it is. Like it literally doesn't matter what it is. If I hear something, I don't care what tradition that I have. If God is saying this is the correct thing I need, I need to change. I can't bend scripture to what I want it to be. I'm the one that needs to change and I have to do this constantly. Mm. So Mm. anyone who's listening, who's feeling this, this urge to be just maybe irritated or irked. It's like, mm. listen, I get irritated, irked when I read the Bible sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but we still need to, we need to go back to the word and try to understand what God is saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're, we're and not saying him. that we're the final say. No. We're just, if, if this is something that enrages you, all we would say is we'd encourage you the same thing. We'd encourage each other, go and read the scriptures, go mm-hmm. and get closer yep, with yep. God. That's it. And if yeah. this is something that's going to tear nah, you, don't listen to me. If, if mm-hmm. it's, if it's something that's going to tear you, you feel like it's going to tear you away from God, then put it on a shelf and get closer with God. Cause that's what we care about more. Like you said, mm-hmm. we yeah. don't care about the division and stuff. We're just Hate right. division. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just 
<clears throat> we're just talking about these things in, in a free range environment. And we've talked about these things with friends who are Catholics yeah. in our men's group. Mm-hmm. It's not like I said before, it's not like what we aim to talk about in our, it just comes groups, up, but sometimes it comes up when you're talking, you're living with different people, right? You, so this happened in Jesus's time with Paul and them, you know, they mm-hmm. talked about it. Like yeah. we, when we talked about that earlier, but um, we're going to get into some more scriptures here. We just have a couple more. Like I said, I, I just want to arm you guys with as many arrows in your quiver to fight the enemy with your identity because we feel like this is something that's hard for churches to preach on. Um, they don't have enough time to really invest in this. This is more of something that should be coming out of discipleship, which is a poor thing that our churches really do. And it is a, I think discipleship is more of a personal charge. You know, we, we should be going out and making disciples mm-hmm. of all nations. Yeah. And this is something I do poorly. Um, but we really need to rest in God, the people that come into our lives. How can I be that next step for them to be closer with Christ? Mm. There are some people who literally you are living with and teaching them. But to me, discipleship is bringing someone closer to Christ. And if I am a, a one step in their life, one day, one step to get them closer to Christ and so be it. Mm. And then if like, John comes along and he's the guy for the next five years that's going to transition him from that one step to like the like now my life is completely changed around then great like mm-hmm. I will rejoice in that because if I can even be the soil a grain of the soil to help that seed grow then let me be that soil grain you know like I don't care what that is I, to me, I feel like that's what God showed me discipleship is. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is an intent where people like kind of live and learn and glean, but you can do that with every anybody and that you can be a part of someone's discipleship. Um, but there are people in your lives that God, I think God will bring to you and say, hey, I want this person to you, you to invest in this person's life. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do here with you guys. We, we want to give our listeners as many tools, things that we feel that we're lacking in our, you know, growth in, in scripture and stuff to you guys, this is what we can do. We have more freedom here to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, with that, um, does somebody want to read yeah, Psalm one twenty seven three or Ooh, switched it up on me? Yeah, I can do that. <clears throat> yeah. Psalm one twenty seven three. behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That is totally flipped in our culture, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People mean, are yeah. having children later. I mean, bor- abortion is legal. I mean, there's they're not an inconvenience. Yeah. You know, like women are. You know what I mean? Just culturally, it's which is mm-hmm. fine. You know, a woman want to go, if a woman wants to go out and work, good for mm-hmm. her. You know, amazing. But like I'm just saying, culturally, you know, this is yeah. really switch. Whereas, you know, having children is such a beautiful thing. Like we're all here because we were our parents decided to have children. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, every single person is here because they were a child at one point. You know, yeah. So, well, I think this is something too that's weird that we've again in, in culture we try to rationalize that and saying they're that at one point we needed as many children as possible to work the fields, to do the work of the household, to take care of my family and stuff. And it's like, yeah, some of that's true, but 
I don't really think that's what God is getting at here. You know, like the sanctity of life, like we are God's gift, right? Like it's, it's not to like make us like on a pedestal or anything, but God created us and we're a gift to him. Like Mm -hmm. his own creation is like, he takes pleasure and delights in. And so like, that's kind of a same imagery of my kids. Like my kids are a gift to me. Like I love them. Like they're, they do like, sometimes they can inconvenience me, but man, they bring me so much joy. Oh, they inconvenience me all the time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It totally changes the trajectory of your life, which is fine though. mm -hmm. You know, like my children have been a major blessing on me. There's a lot of, uh, things that I've been able to to be disciplined in, in my life because of my children. But I think that like, I, you know, I've always said this, you know, think about like God is the creator. God is, God is the one who knit us in the, in our mother's wombs. You know, he, he knew us before we were all born. Every child comes from God and the spirit that's placed within them comes from God too. But we actually get to participate in creating life with God. I mean, like, I really want people to understand, like, especially bachelors, people who don't have kids yet, maybe people who don't really want kids, you know, but having a kid, it's so profound. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it really fully with words. It's just like, mm-hmm. you are creating an eternal soul. I mean, God is created. God is created. I'm not, just like, oh, God is the creator, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any heresy hunter come after me. <laughs> um, but you know, God is creator, but we get to, we get to help create, we get to like make that decision. We have free will. We get to help make, make that decision. And the child, the fruit of that, of the womb that comes out, it looks like you, it carries your blood, your characteristics. It grows up to be similar to you. And this is an eternal being bears your image. It bears your image. Yes. God allows that. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Nope. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. we were created in his image after all. So, I mean, you know, we were created in God's image, but yeah, I mean, just but like, so he's, yeah, he allows us to do that. Yeah. I think it's, it's so profound. It's when you see your kid run around, it's, um, it's just, I don't know. Like we, we've talked about it in the past in different episodes, just like, oh man, oh, you know, like you catch, <laughs> you kind of see your flaws in your kids too. Um, yeah. So they kind of like mirror it back. Yeah. God doesn't have flaws, you know? And so he's like, <clears throat> where's this come from? You know, <clears throat> why are you hiding from me? What is, <laughs> he knew what was going to happen too. That's the crazy oh, yeah, thing. He knew. Yeah. Like, well, that's not of me. Why are they doing that? Children, you know, like, yeah, God, but God is, He's forgiving, you know, and that's, that's a great His thing. His character is not yeah. like our character. I mean, like in that way, he's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But it's just like the old Testament fathers, you know, they're broken images of, of the coming Messiah. We're broken images of, of God. Like yeah. that's, that's the, that's the story, right? Is like, we aim to be the image of the perfected. Um, and then, um, we got one more scripture here. Um, John, do you got that one? It's uh, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13. Yeah, all all your sons will be taught of the Lord, and the well-being of your sons will be great. Yeah. So, again, just saying that, like, it, it's kind of a promise here as well. I just want people to know that, like, God references us as sons all throughout Old Testament, New Testament. 
you know, we're referenced as sons of God. We're referenced as holy ones. We're referenced. Uh, he uses family imagery because, again, it's another close relationship of community. Like, how much closer can you get than family? Like, I mean, husband and wife, that's why he uses that imagery is because he uses these imageries to help different people in different situations understand like the depth of the relationship we have with him. Mm. So we just want you guys to understand that like, man, you were all children at one point in your life to some physical parents. And if not physical parents to some sort of person overlooking your life. I just think like Isaiah 54, it's just like the, the heading. The, the heading of it, yeah, the eternal covenant of peace. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, it's just, again, it, armed with this knowledge to know that you are a son of God, that he loves you like a son, that he will treat you like a son, that you're an heir of inheritance and stuff, uh, of like, you know, just like a son is of a king, like that you're a gift that your reward, maybe your parents don't necessarily view it that way, but this again, we're looking at the perfected versions of everything. This is what God. This is what God things. says you are. Yeah, and He yeah. doesn't lie. Yeah, in spite of what your earthly father and mother say, in spite of what your earthly friends say, in spite of what the earth and culture and Satan says of you, the father of lies where truth comes from, that's what we should be listening to. And that's where we know our identity is placed in. And he says that I'm his son and that he's going to treat me like a father should treat me. Or daughter. Or Mm -hmm. daughter. For our female listeners out there. The ladies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Mark, Kiefer, you guys got anything to add? Like, what's kind of your thoughts about it? Yeah, no, I I feel like you've, chosen a an apt verse there to end on it's definitely a high note and i mean they all really were to be honest but yeah i just love that and the well-being of your sons will be great you know he's destined us to this greatness like yeah there might be hardship and trial there might be uh discipline and rebuke we didn't really get into that too much but you know that's the other side of a father right it's not all mm-hmm. sunshine and rainbows mm-hmm. <laughs> like you guys you guys know that in your households but man like the outcome is yeah this is a really still comes from love though right discipline like if you truly love your kids you're going to tell them don't put your hand on that hot stove yeah don't step out in front of that car you know but there's also moral things like don't sleep with that person they're gonna ruin your life don't you know so yeah yeah father's love it's great both ways but rebukes don't feel great but in the end, they make your life a lot better. Yeah. yeah. If they're good rebukes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we skipped this one verse, but yeah, it was 2 Corinthians 6, 18. Now I'll be a father to you and you'll be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And yeah, John, it's funny that you were just talking about hyperlinks, how the Bible was hyperlinking itself. Um, that's actually from 2 Samuel seven fourteen, mm. where God's talking to David. Um, I will be his father. And he will be my son. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would do. I, I really think that people need to understand like how, how profound it is that the Bible is hyperlinked the way that it is. 
in ancient days. I mean, yeah. like you couldn't even write like there wasn't like just paper. Yeah. And, and like we were they were writing it on papers, like leaves. And like I yeah. mean, like, think about it. Stone tablets. Stone tablets. Yeah. And like <clears throat> it's like we, we have a hard time finding evidence of like David's existence, mm-hmm. you know, in like archaeology. But it's like we have his like written poems yeah in perfect you know what i mean like think about that like people just don't think the enemy is just blinding the minds of people who don't believe the existence of god's word in its entirety in the Mm -hmm. way that it is is such a profound miracle yeah Mm -hmm. we can't find the alexandrian library but we found the qumran skulls scrolls we found the the masoretic texts we found the Dead Sea yeah. Scrolls, we found all these different ancient biblical writings mm-hmm. that somehow made it through. Think about think about like when Genesis was. I mean, like in the time frame, how many other cultures there were other writings, there were other religions, there were other cultures, mm-hmm. you know, like the Sumerians, the Anunnaki's. Like we we know mm-hmm. about like these things, right? Mm-hmm. Now that we have the internet and there's like, you know, we've been able to figure out some cuneiform, you know, like mm-hmm. but no one's worshiping like that we know. I mean, maybe the, maybe the Rothschilds are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Illuminati, the whole masonry, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, that, that whole conspiracy stuff. But <laughs> I'm just saying that like the fact that Judaism and Christianity is, is at it where it's at from yeah. 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the texts are all there. Yeah. To a point where you can cross-reference it with other versions and variations, and like you have all those documents, mm-hmm. and it's all hyperlinked together, yeah. written by so many authors, different languages, all across the Middle East. You know, mm-hmm. the Bible in existence is a miracle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The the fact that you can hold a Bible is in itself, I would say, proof of God's existence. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting is Amen. The, it, it's, the word of God is, is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our culture has kind of taken that term and turned it into such a bad thing. Mm. It's like, oh, if you talk that way, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Manifesting. Yeah. Yeah, Manifested yeah. or whatever. But like self-fulfilling prophecy mm. right there, you know, and it's it's, you know, we're in the middle of it because Revelation's in the future, and it's back and forward and anchor forward and back. It's yeah. just it's all over the place. So many prophecies have come true. Hundreds, yeah, yeah. hundreds of prophecies that have mm-hmm. come true that the Bible. Like we're talking about, we're talking about like yeah, like ancient writings like hidden away in caves, mm-hmm. like written by shepherds and kings and and. and and desert like people you know what yeah. i mean like people literally like you know i'm saying it's nuts and they predicted these things that have come true and mm-hmm. it's like and then we find yeah. these perfectly preserved documents just like god has his fingerprint all over the well, body how about the profoundness that mm-hmm. shepherds found it yeah that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. let's go man like yeah yeah to, to top it off it's yeah. like oh i'm gonna make you shepherds of men <laughs> literally <laughs> like like and and here's the here's the the guidebook to do it yeah and it's going to be shepherds who found it probably because that shepherd went off to find the one sheep while the 99 <laughs> were sitting there yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. amen <laughs> like how yeah, they said it's they, just all this circular yeah, yeah. it's I think just, they said they were like throwing a rock at, at like out 
just where they were mm-hmm. and they heard it hit a clay pot and oh, that's how funny. they found that that's it was yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah it like fell into a cave and there it was it, they just heard and they were like ah oh, that didn't sound like uh, normal so then they went over yeah oh, man. but you know it is true that it, it, it's crazy to think that the more that we find the more that the bible gets proven Amen. and and there's so many people that think the more science finds, the more they disprove God. But there is a huge, we talked about this earlier, there is a huge movement in science right now where it's been happening over the last decade where a bunch of scientists are, they're, they're coming up with theories because they're coming to the conclusion that it looks like intelligent design is out there. And they are terrified that their whole life and belief has been a sham. So they have to create theories like the multiverse, which you cannot quantify through science through the theory of science it has no starting point they're just literally saying my bias against god is pointing me away so i've got to create a theory because i can't change my life around but if you look at it's not even science you can't even you can't replicate that in the lab no, it, yeah, it's not that's, science. That's not science. I just a smart man in a in a in a in a trend, you know, in a board meeting saying this is what I think, and a bunch of other people clapping and saying, "Ah, oh, my demons agree." Ninety six percent of scientists agree that it's yeah. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but think about that. That's also it's also like the child, the child going, "No, I know better than my parent," and I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak cookies out of the cookie jar. You know, it's like they're trying they're trying so hard to not go Abba Father. Like they're mm-hmm. trying so hard not to just go, I was wrong. You were right, Dad. Like, you know, it's yeah. it's just it's so sad too because like the inherent like we talked about in this episode today. I mean we were kind of we we're skipping all over the place here mm-hmm. a little bit, but there's a core here, there's a core here. But yeah. I think it's just so sad because the inheritance that we are receiving as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, like, what does it mean to be a son? Like we we're touching on it and we're going through the series identity in Christ and what we get, but like, yeah, the it's inheritance just, is so, it's so beyond anything that we can comprehend. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I was going to say that it's like with, with even history and stuff like archeologists, they, I think they just unearth another city that's talked about in the Bible that's like a secondary city that's like listed. Um, I think the Daily Wire had a an article about it where they literally just found another biblical city. Mm-hmm. So again, archaeology continues to prove that the Bible exists. Mm-hmm. Um, when we find ancient writings, it continues to prove the existence of the Bible and the validity of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like science is proving the validity of God and intelligent design. So it's like how many, how much of this is it going to take for you to believe? Because you get to a point where is God really evil because he sends people to hell? Or do you just not want to believe and not want to be a part of God? Are you running from God? And that's who's sending you to hell yourself, you know? So um, anyways, yeah, this, this has been really fun. Two episodes on the sons of God. We're going to transition into another form of that, but we're going to start talking about how we're adopted into the family of God. So not only are we actual sons of God, but we are adopted. Um, so that's going to be the next, uh, episode or two. Um, I think that might take a little bit longer because Paul speaks on adoption uh, a good bit, but adoption is actually, um, replete throughout as well. 
you know, so we're going to be dipping into Ephesians. There's some in Psalms, Isaiah again, Romans, Romans, Hosea, Matthew. Um, so we got we got a good amount of scripture to get through there, and some of them are a little bit thicker. Um, like I said, I, I really want you guys to know that you are owned by God and created by God, but just because he owns you doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to allow him mm-hmm. to own you. Like he, he's predestined you for great things. So slave, slave no more. I was going to say no, no longer a slave, but a son. Mm-hmm. Yep. A son, then an heir. Yep. Instead of working the fields, you can come into his, Amen. his, yeah. his throne. So, <laughs> um, so thanks for listening. Um, we, again, we appreciate that. Share the like button. Um, again, um, I have a TikTok account where I've been putting out some videos. That's at 12 Stones Media. That's the handle. John has a deliverance TikTok. Um, John, what's your deliverance TikTok name? It's just my name, John Mandelou. That's uh, really hard to remember. Yeah, J-O-H-N-V-A-N-D-E-L-O-O. No yep. R. No Vanderloo. You know? Yeah, so um, he's actually been blowing up, so get, give him some more likes and views. Um, you know, Again, we're not doing this to get famous. We're not doing this to get rich. We literally don't make money off of anything we're doing so far. So if you felt led to uh, donate to us, we're not going to say no. But, but, uh, you know, just for those who think that we're like shills for anything or whatever, we want to do this because we want God... God, we want to be a part of God's movement and we want people Come to on. hear things that they need to hear. Yeah. So we just hope that the Holy Spirit's speaking through this. Uh, so again, if you need any, any prayer, if you guys have any requests, if you need some deliverance, um, let us know. Um, again, we'd be more than happy to pray with you guys. Um, we have a Facebook page where you guys can write prayer requests down Um or go to our handles on TikTok and write that down. Like, you know, we don't even care if you watch the video. Just go on there and write, hey, can you pray for me? Um, but we want to see God moving you. And so I just pray that over you. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of a challenge today, I'm just going to pray um, that the knowledge that surpasses all understanding would be upon you, that God would rest on you and his spirit would rest on you, that he would give you grace that he would make his face shine upon you um and that you would just be blessed and your children would be blessed um so just be blessed and um just i I pray that god reveals something to you guys today this week that there is a revelation that you are going to be closer to god than you've ever been and i just pray that in the name of jesus christ uh thanks for listening and uh thanks for being a part of this podcast guys yeah Amen. Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah, take care. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. If you've enjoyed it, please click the like and share buttons on whichever platform you're on. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We hope that you had a good time and hope the conversation brought some joy into your life. Have a blessed day and join us next time on the Heart of the Matter podcast.